Good morning again. Open your Bibles, please, to the book of Psalms, and we're looking at Psalm 23. This is the second message of our four-part series titled, I Shall Not Want, and message two is titled, Green Pastures and Still Waters. Green Pastures and Still Waters. We're going to be focusing on verses two, three, and four here today. And what we're going to learn is this, there on your note card, our biblical principle for today is God sees our needs and provides for them at the right time for the right purpose. So we need to always keep in mind that God's intentions for us are always good. Therefore, we must be attentive to what he's doing in our lives Let's look at Psalm 23, and let's look at verse 4. I want you to go to verse 4 in Psalm 23 in your Bibles there. And this is a verse that you know very well. It says this, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, I want you to take a pencil or a highlighter, and I want you to underline valley of the shadow of death. And you might want to circle that word valley. Because when times are hard and adversity comes in, we are in the valley. Now, in the Hebrew, and I often refer to the Hebrew because the Old Testament was written originally in Hebrew. And so in that language, shadow of the valley of death means the valley of deep darkness. And boy, when life's troubles come, And there's decisions on the horizon that are very difficult to make. And it takes courage to make those decisions. Or life can surprise us with a type of adversity that is so crushing and so heartbreaking. The rejection of a loved one can especially be heartbreaking. You feel like you are in the valley of deep darkness. As if the hope and the light has just been taking right out of your life, and the wind has been taken right out of your sails. You know, this psalm here, Psalm 23, was written by King David. King David was a man who was anointed by God. He had the favor of God in his life, and he was established as the king of Israel. God had promoted him to that high position because David had a humble heart and was a man after God's own heart. But even so, David could not avoid the adversity and the troubles of life. Even having the favor of God. Now listen, David was king. David was anointed. David had God's favor. The Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. Even he was not immune to the troubles and adversity that were in this world. Not even David himself could avoid it. And so here is David now at a time where he is in trouble. He is actually as king of Israel, the anointed king of Israel by God, being chased into the wilderness. Now this may have been written at a time where Saul was chasing him into the wilderness and seeking to take his life. Or it may have been a time where his own son Absalom was seeking to take his life. You know, David had a son whose name was Absalom. And Absalom, he had concocted a conspiracy in his own head. He said, what I am going to do 
is I am going to capture the hearts of the people. I'm going to speak very kindly to them. And then I'm going to tell them all the things that I would do if I were the king. And he was able to deceive a lot of people. And he did this, get this, against his very own father. And he led a lot of people away from under the authority of King David, under his, and he chased after his father into the wilderness in order to take the kingship by force from his own father. And so imagine being King David, running, fleeing for your life from your own son. Imagine the rejection. And here he is, perhaps in the wilderness of Hereth. And he's out there, fleeing for his life from his own family, his own flesh and blood, the fruit of his own loom, right? Imagine how dark of a valley he felt. He was in a valley of deep darkness. And he writes this psalm. He writes Psalm 23. And he pens these beautiful words that so many people have recited to themselves in such a difficult time. What we know about the Christian life is that it is not a life void of trouble. It is not a choosing of a life that allows us to just glide on by and never have adversity. Quite the opposite is true. When we make the choice to live a life of devotion to the Lord, we are actually introducing trouble into our lives of a different nature because we see things differently. Our perspectives have changed. We become more sensitive to things that we may have been desensitized to before. Things that didn't bother us before seem to bother us because the Spirit of God is shaking us up, getting our attention, leading us on the path that the good shepherd wants to take us on. And oh, what a good shepherd he is. What a good and righteous path he has for us. And though there may be troubles in this life, the path that he has in store for us for eternity is a path that we want to be on. So the Christian life is not a life that's free from pain or adversity. Jesus himself said these words. He said, in this world, you have trouble, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Yes, the anointed man of God, David himself, a man after God's own heart, was in a season where he found himself in the valley of deep darkness. But you know what David did? David acknowledged his own need for a shepherd. You know, that was one of the great qualities that David had. David had a heart that was humble. And so David knew, I need God's help. He wasn't one who said, I could do this on my own. I've got this, right? That's a saying that we like to say nowadays. And we repeat that. I got this. Well, no, we don't have this. We need God to assist us 
in these things. Actually, to do the work himself and for us to trust the leading of the good shepherd. And so this is what David did. And so David trusted the good shepherd. And it led me to ask a very interesting question, not only of myself, but to ask you today. Why do we need a shepherd? Why is it that you and I need the Lord as our shepherd? I mean, we're smart, right? We've done, uh, we've done good working with our own hands. We've provided for ourselves, haven't we? No. Really, we haven't. It's only been because of the Lord's good graces that we have any of the things that we have today. Because of a good and gracious God. We need God as our shepherd. I recently heard another preacher say this. That there are really four reasons why we find ourselves in the valley of darkness. Folks, we need a shepherd because like Isaiah 53, 6 said, We all are like sheep who have gone astray, each according to our own way. So there are four reasons why we may find, and you may want to write these down on your note card. We find ourselves in a valley of darkness because of ourselves, of the choices that we make. Now here is David, a man after God's own heart. He made one of the biggest blunders in the history of blunders. Okay, the anointed man of God, keep this in mind. He saw a beautiful woman on a rooftop. He liked what he saw and he said, I want to have that for myself. And so not only did he take this woman and lay with her, had an affair with her, but then as king, he took her husband and put him on the front lines of the battle so that he would assuredly be killed and have him out of the way and he would have Bathsheba all to himself. The man after God's own heart did this. He made a blunder. He made a mistake. We would say, well, that's a very big mistake. I would never do anything like that. Can you be so sure of yourself? Can you be so sure of yourself? So we are ourselves. The choices that we make get us in a lot of trouble. Then other people, the choices they make can put us in trouble, right? We can find ourselves in the valley of deep darkness because of what other people do. And David found himself running for his life from King Saul, running for his life from his son Absalom. And it was because of their greed, and it was because of the, the fleshly desires that they had that they chased this man into the wilderness and sought to kill him. So other people can put us into the valley of deep darkness. But then there's the devil, the liar, the accuser, the murderer. He is on the prowl, and he wants to try and keep you in the valley of deep darkness. And then there's also the Lord. You say, wait a minute, the Lord puts me in the valley of deep darkness? Well, the Lord will allow certain things to come into our lives. Now, here's an opportunity here to understand the difference between temptations and testing. There is a difference. Temptation is when the devil does things, brings things into your life to try and lure you like a fishing lure out in the water. You're reeling it in and you want that fish to bite. The devil does the same thing, trying to bring you away from God. 
His intent is to take you away from the righteous path that the good shepherd is leading you on. I want to take you away from God. He has a bad and evil intent. That's temptation. God's testing is much different. When God allows these things to come into our life, the purpose and motivation behind it is for us to draw closer to God. He wants to bring you back to himself, and he also wants to refine you. He wants to help you grow closer and more in the image of Jesus Christ. He wants to conform you to the image of his son. And unfortunately, the only way to do that is through adverse and trying times. These difficult times are like sandpaper. What's that sandpaper do? It's rubbing off the rough edges. You don't want to sit on a picnic table and get a splinter in your rear end, do you? No. We got to sand that edge down. When I worked at a wood shop many years ago, that was one of the first things I was taught was how to properly sand a corner on a countertop. The guy who was teaching me, he looked like he had his thumb caught in a saw. It was like this claw that kind of came to a point. And as he was doing it, I was like, ugh. Is that what you did to get that? <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> I didn't stick with that job too long. Knock off those rough edges. And this is how God does it. I want you to be more like Jesus. I want you to be more like my son. And I'm going to do this by bringing this test into your life. Because God says it's a test. Why? Because God has the purpose and the intention of us passing the test. God doesn't bring a test into our lives for you to fail. He doesn't say, I'm going to let this happen so that I can watch you fail, fall on your face, and I get a good laugh out of it. No, God says, I'm bringing this into your life because you're going to pass this test and you're going to be better than you were before. We're going to knock off some of your rough edges. We're going to polish you up a little bit. And then when this is all done and over with, you're going to have that experience. You're going to have this occasion to look back on. And when something like this comes up again in the future, guess what? You're going to have the experience and the knowledge to rest upon and the confidence now to go into that situation and to have courage through it and to persevere through it. And not only that, but to minister to other people who are going through the same thing. Hey, I went through something similar to what you're going through now. And this is what I learned in my experience. This is what God taught me. Maybe this can help you. Wow, what a valuable gift. What a valuable tool. So we find ourselves in a valley of deep darkness for these reasons. But that is why we need a shepherd. Because we find ourselves oftentimes in the valley of deep darkness. And I know we don't want to be there. I don't rush into situations that I think are going to take me into the valley. I'm like you. I would like to avoid the valley of deep darkness. It hurts. It's painful. There's a lot of sorrow there. There's a lot of asking God questions. Why? Where are you? What's going on here? You know, we just discussed this morning. You may feel like God owes you. I've done good. 
I go to church. I go to Bible study. I read my Bible daily. I help others in need. I try to do all these good things. You owe me, God. No, God doesn't owe us anything. Trouble is still going to come into our lives, regardless of the good that we think we are doing. It did to David. It did to Job. Job was a man who had God's Job was a man who was righteous in the eyes of God, and yet Job went through difficult times. So we're not free from the adversity. So we need a shepherd. We need someone to lead us. We need someone that can fight the battles for us that we can't fight on our own. And that shepherd is the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not want the Lord is my shepherd. He is the one that I am going to choose to lead me. I'm not going to let no man lead me. I'm not going to let no idea, no philosophy. It's going to be the Lord, the Lord God, the good shepherd. So folks, this is uh, another question that I had as I was studying through this passage. How is it that the Lord shepherds us? How does he do that? And I believe that this psalm that David wrote illustrates very beautifully how the Lord is a good shepherd to us. Number one, the Lord brings us to green pastures and still waters. Let's look at verse 2 here in Psalm 23. Look what it says there. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Waters of rest is what that is. God brings us to green pastures and still waters. You know, this time of year, the grass is green. It is lush. We're in the midst of the rainy season here, I like to call it. And the grass just looks beautiful and phenomenal. I love it. I wish it would stay that green and that lush all year long. And I tell you, you might want to do yourself a favor. You could go, uh, this time of year is a good time to go into Cedar Grove and to go up and down English Hill Road. It's a big hill, but you can do that. You could drive up it and then turn around and drive back down, and you will overlook Cedar Grove there, and you'll see one of the most beautiful scenes here in this area, maybe in the whole state of Indiana. It is just gorgeous to look out. You see the valleys, you see the hillside there, and you'll even see the cows grazing in the lush green grass. When I see that lush green grass, I think of picnics. Picnic is a time where you get sustenance, right? You think of a picnic, we're going to have a picnic here. What are we going to eat, right? We're going to have some good food, but we're also feeling secure, right? I'm with people that I love, people that I know. This is a good time here. We're having a picnic, going to eat some good food. It's a time where we can be satisfied and sustained. And that's exactly what the Lord does in green pastures and still waters. He sustains us. The Lord supplies our sustenance. That's a point on your note card. The Lord supplies our sustenance. Exodus 16, 15 says this, when the sons of Israel saw it, they said to one another, what is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, it is bread, which the Lord has given you to eat. You see, during the wilderness wandering, the Israelites were like, what are we going to eat since we've left Egypt? And the Lord provided for their sustenance. He gave them exactly what they needed to eat. 
because that's what God does. You see, in biblical times, sheep were very valuable. So a shepherd wanted to keep his sheep safe and to make sure that they were well fed because these sheep, they were used for food and they were used as a source of income and a source of wealth. They provided meat, they provided milk, they provided skins, they provided wool, and they provided lanolin. Lanolin is that uh, substance, like a waxy substance, that can be squeezed out of the wool of a sheep. Now, the sheep had this on them to protect them from the rain, the elements. So they were water repellent. But you could take that wool and you could squeeze this substance out of it, and it could be used as lotions or ointments. And so it could be sold during times as a source of good income. So it was incumbent upon the shepherds to take good care of their sheep to make sure they were, number one, well-fed, that they had the sustenance, sustenance they needed. So they led them to green grass and to still water. So they took great care of them. Now the Lord wants us to be well-fed as well. So the Lord has given us a source of great sustenance. You know what it is? It's called the Bible. It's called the Word of God. The Bible here is what feeds our spirit. And neglecting it deprives our spirit of the food that is required. My friends, I will say this. Ignoring the sustenance that the Lord has provided is a cause of great depression and great anxiety. As this world continues to turn, the chaos that is ensuing is very easy to see. I hope you're seeing it. I hope you're seeing what's going on around us. Things are getting kind of weird, aren't they? Well, we have gotten a source of spiritual food here that the Lord has provided for us. It's called the Bible, and we need this. There's a reason why this has survived all through the millennia. There's a reason why they can't kill this book. They can't kill this word. It's because God says, you need this going to let it go away. It's like the manna that fell out of heaven. It was on the ground for the Israelites. This is the manna that fell from heaven. It is the word of God. And I'm here to help you understand it today, that it's what we need to take care of our spirit. A broken spirit leads to a myriad of other problems. Our physical bodies will begin to decay if our spirit decays. Don't think you can neglect the spirit and go to the gym and pump iron and eat healthy and that you're going to be okay. Do you know that stress will eat you up? doesn't matter how many times you go to the gym. doesn't matter how many vitamins you take. It's all right here. There's some people I see that don't eat very healthy at all, but they live a very long time, but they feed their spirit very well. Word. They're singing praises. They love the Lord. Spiritual hope. And that's what the Lord wants. He wants us to partake of the spiritual food that He has provided. You know, when these shepherds would lead their sheep, that terrain out in Palestine, they would go many days without proper sustenance, without in between feedings. So there'll be a time where the shepherd is leading the sheep. And there's not much food to eat. But if the sheep were faithful, the shepherd would eventually lead them 
to the lush green grass. Do you see the application in your life with that? I'm following God. Going through a hard time. I'm going through adversity. Things aren't going the way I think that they should be going. Choice. Jump ship or stay faithful and true to my shepherd. And trust him to eventually lead me to that lush green grass. We are a people consumed by change. If we don't like what's going on, we change. I don't like this car, I'm going to change it. I don't like my spouse, I'm going to change it. I am fed up with this church, I'm going to change it. We just do not want to stay the course. We are sheep that are led astray. We must remain faithful to the shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. Even though it's difficult going through the valley now, even though the feedings are few and far between, there is lush green grass. The grass isn't greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it. Put your water where you are right now. Watch that grass grow. Have no fear. Take courage. you got a hard decision to make. The Lord is with you. you got a difficult situation on the horizon. God is with you. Loves you. Change isn't always the answer. Being faithful to the shepherd. And you know how the sheep were rewarded? For their faithfulness to their shepherd? Green pastures and still waters. Number one, the Lord provides our sustenance. He also provides us security. The Lord provides us Security. It means being safe from danger and threat. Psalm 16, 8 says this. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. The other day I was I was at the gym and I forgot the combination to my lock. And I do this three, four times a week. I turn those that lock to those numbers and I got in there that morning and I forgot the sequence. And I tried again and again and again the same sequence. Surely there's something wrong with this lock. It wasn't the lock. <laughs> and I contemplated for a brief moment. I'm going to have to go to the front desk and they're going to have to cut this thing off. Because my keys are in there. Everything's in there. Well, I don't even have the, couldn't even get to the store to get bolt cutters myself. I'm going to have to rely on somebody else. Try it again. Boom, boom, boom. Can't get it. I messed up the sequence. I had the numbers right, but the sequence was wrong. So eventually, luckily, I had it on my phone, and I was able to get the numbers off of there. I was like, ah, I just had the numbers rearranged. But I keep that lock because there's valuables in there. Now, when shepherds would lead sheep during in biblical times, they would protect the sheep. And the way that they would do this is they would use their rod, and they would use their staff. The rod is a source of great comfort, and that's why that uh, verse 4 says that your rod and your staff, they comfort me, right? The rod beat back animals that would try to attack the sheep and thieves that would try to come and steal the sheep. The staff was used, and that's that cane looking thing with the hook on it. The shepherd would use that in order to bring the sheep back into the sheep fold. They would go wandering off and he'd be like, put the hook around the old neck there and bring them right back in. And that's what God does for us. He beats off the evil. He beats off 
the devil. He beats off those who try and steal our hearts from him. And he brings us back into the sheepfold. He leads us. He guides us on the paths of righteousness. That's what that means, to be led on the path of righteousness, to be guided. Here's God with his staff. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Here you go. And of course, it was done. And maybe there's a little tough love there at times because maybe you're the type of sheep that continually is getting out of line. Maybe if it was the first time, God, you know, compassionately. There you go. But if it's like three or four or five times, like, get over here. (laughs) Get back in line. You're continually going astray. So he uses that staff and God protects us. You know, as sheep of God, we need protection and the reliance of God from our enemies because there are battles that you and I just cannot fight without God. And at a time when we're in the valley, we become very vulnerable. Folks, this is when the enemy, the devil, really tries to take advantage of you. We're in the valley of deep darkness. It's a vulnerable time. We're hurting. We may be open to new ideas. We may be open to suggestions. We have to remain faithful to the shepherd. Satan will come and try to deviate you from the path of the good shepherd. But we must remain faithful. And what David did during his time of darkness, he relied more on God. He didn't leave God. He relied more on God. In fact, what he did is he cut out more things of his life that were not of God. Did you get that? When times get tough, it's good to start circumcising yourself from certain things, but not God. Trim the fat. Rely more heavily. You need a a larger, more steady diet of God's word, of God's encouragement, of God, the good shepherd. That's what we need. So Lord, the Lord provides us security. The third thing that I've seen here about how God leads us to green pastures and still waters is that the Lord gives us rest, both physical and spiritual rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight says this, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Do you think David lacked rest during this time? He's on the run. He's hiding in the wilderness. I'm sure he lacked good rest. And you know, when we lack rest, our thinking can be skewed. Rest is vital to our health and to our ability to produce and function. Listen to some of these studies here right now. Uh, Because of the pace of the modern world, we are working long hours at work and school. uh, And now we have a widespread use of cell phones, right? Okay. 62% of American children and teens take their phone to bed, and 37% text after light have been gone out. So a lack of sleep, this contributes to a lack of sleep. You get that foggy head, right? You can't concentrate. You can't focus. You can't remember what the simple task that you used to know you can't do. Sleep is so important. Sleep deprivation is a problem in our country. And in our society, really globally, it's important to get good rest. And so the world tries to steal our rest 
But the Lord says, I want you to have rest. The, Lord, the world tries to tell us that you're lazy for winding down and slowing things down. But the Lord says, no, this is wise. I want you to slow down. I want you to take it easy. I want you to have time for fun and time to relax because you need this. Your brain needs rest. Your body needs rest. And we need time to just say, you know what? I'm going to have me a little bit of fun here. And that's a good thing. And it helps to restore and to refresh our soul. The world, it wants to keep us busy. And it wants to keep us from doing this. But the good shepherd, he has provided you with the opportunity for rest. Do you know where you find that rest? You find that rest in Jesus. The Lord says, I want you to enter into my rest. I want you to come here. I've got rest. I want you to come in here and I want you to get it. And that's through Jesus Christ. You say, well, I want to enter Jesus' rest. I want the rest that God provides. Put your faith in Jesus Christ today. Acknowledge him as God's only son. Acknowledge him that he went to the cross for your sin, that he died on the cross, that he was placed in a tomb, and that he rose again on the third day. And trust in Him as your Lord and Savior. You can enter God's rest and you can be a child of God and a sheep of God. And He will offer you the protection of the Good Shepherd. The final point I want to make here, and it comes out of verse 3, is this. Look what it says there in verse 3. He restores my soul and He guides me in the paths of righteousness. I want to bring your attention to that word restore. He restores my soul. You might want to circle that one. He restores our soul. What does it mean that the Lord restores our soul? Well, it means that God returns us or turns us back to Him. You see, we're sheep led astray. We can be taken off the path very easily. And so God will use methods and means to bring us back to Him. You see, when you are on the path of the Good Shepherd, you have a restored soul. When we are allowing ourselves to take us out of the sheepfold and off the path of the Good Shepherd, we do not have a refreshed and restored soul. God says, I'm going to restore your soul. David says, the Lord restores my soul. And the way that He does that is He turns us back to Him. We are focusing on him. We are no longer letting the troubles of the world and the troubles that are in our lives to direct our steps. We are firmly planted. We are staying the course and we are walking it. We are not running around like a bunch of anxious weirdos, right? Sorry for that language. I didn't uh, I just couldn't think of another word right there. And it doesn't mean if you're weird, if you're anxious or anything like that. What I'm saying is is that we can look out of sorts and out of place. Okay, I mean, you see when hard times come, it's easy to just, whoa, I got to do this. I got to do that. No, you don't. There's nothing for you to do. There's nothing anybody can do. Look, there's nothing we can do when somebody dies. Just can't. Right? Done. It's done. And a lot of troubles are like this. I mean, what's already been done has been done, right? I mean, you come into a bad financial situation, 
well, maybe we can't correct that situation immediately. We just have to kind of stay the course, stay focused, and let's ask the Lord to help us with this. A lot of times we just get ourselves in trouble trying to hurry up. And I'm not saying that that's all so bad. That's kind of human nature. But we don't want human nature, do we? We want godly nature. Folks, I have to catch myself repeatedly, day in and day out. You know, you want to be the fixer. <laughs> you want to be the person who tries to make it happen. And, you know, you just realize you just can't do that. And God wants to be able to restore and to refresh us. And the way that he can do that is by helping us to understand, you need me in these situations. You need me to lead you and to guide you. You know, the Lord fights our enemies for us, and the Lord restores us with compassion. If you're taking notes on your note card, those are the last two points. The Lord fights our enemies for us, and he restores us with compassion. There are battles that are just too big for us to fight. Spiritual battles. You and I lack the spiritual weaponry of the divine. And we lack the spiritual alliances that are oftentimes required to fight these spiritual battles. The Lord is with us. He is on our side. But if we try to fight these battles in the flesh of our own doing, we're going to lose every time. We have to call upon the help of the Lord because the Lord is the good shepherd. I want to end with this little note here. Near each village in Palestine, so as the shepherds would bring their sheep into a nearby village, there would be an enclosure there. And so all the shepherds would allow their sheep to stay there overnight, and there would be someone, an attendant, who would watch all the sheep, and that was known as a porter. And a porter would watch the sheep overnight, and then in the morning, the shepherd would go into that enclosure, and he would gather his sheep. And this wouldn't be difficult for him to do. Because the sheep would recognize him, and then they would recognize his voice. And so the shepherd would go into the enclosure, and he would call for his sheep, and here they would come, ready to follow him. Are you ready to follow the good shepherd? There's only one. There's only one. And it is God. Are you hearing his voice? Do you recognize him today? You'll have an opportunity to accept him as your shepherd here in just a little while. Let's pray and let's ask God to continue to shepherd our lives. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you, God, for your work as a good shepherd. I want to thank you, Lord, that you provide for us all that we need at just the right time and for the right purpose. Father, difficult times, we get into the valley of deep darkness. None of us are immune to them. We will all go through them. I praise you, Lord God, that you give us each a church family to help us through those difficult situations. But more importantly, you give us yourself and you give us your word. Maybe today there's someone here that doesn't know you as the good shepherd of their life. You can choose God now to shepherd your life simply by asking him to come into your life 
and allowing him to be that shepherd. Give God the opportunity to be the good shepherd of your life. Ask him right now. Say, God, please be the good shepherd of my life. I want Jesus Christ in my life as God and Savior. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he died for my sins on the cross. And I believe that he defeated death and rose again. You can pray that prayer with a sincere heart. And God promises to be your shepherd and to give you eternal life with him in heaven. Thank you, Father, for these most wonderful and precious gifts. Father, may we always follow your leading and your guidance. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat>